0: I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And, um... I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in
0: my two weeks later having a good time, baby good time baby we're having a real good time we're having a good time baby having a good time
1: baby i'll tell you one more time oh yeah we're having a good time yeah we're having a good
2: time okay welcome ladies and gentlemen to the we're having a good time podcast my name is dusty slay and i am your host this is Wednesday, November 18th, and uh, Thanksgiving is approaching. We're, um, some places are not allowed to have Thanksgiving. What a weird year. People were not allowed to have July 4th, not allowed to have Halloween. Now I'm not allowed to have Thanksgiving. I, by the way, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I've abandoned all other holidays. This upsets a lot of people. But I've abandoned all the others, Um, traditional holidays, because I don't like them. And not for the reasons that some people would think. I don't really celebrate Christmas anymore, but people think that in this day and age that we're in, that that means that I'm not Christian. But I am. I will get into that at another time. But I love Thanksgiving. I think it's a fun day. I mean, it's hard to say what really went on the original Thanksgiving, but my understanding, the understanding that I like, is that the first settlers to America came here, and they came here looking to homestead, looking to uh, start a new life for them and their families, free from religious oppression and other types of oppression. And they just wanted to live a life. And they weren't prepared for the first winter. And they almost starved to death when the Native American peoples arrived and fed them and helped them. And then they celebrated together and they were thankful. So from then on, they uh, had Thanksgiving for the, you know, uh, great day of, uh, you know, being saved and being thankful. Of course, we're told now to believe that it's awful and terrible and it's the worst day and shouldn't be celebrated. But I feel like that's what they say about everything now, and it's uh, it's too bad. I think that uh, obviously some bad things went down and the Native American people were treated very bad in the end. But I don't think that that means that every moment that was had between white people and natives, it was bad. So I'm a fan of Thanksgiving. I like turkey. I like cranberry sauce. I like dressing. My Aunt Kat makes the best dressing there is. I mean, it's so good. I mean, I can't even tell you how good it is. It's so good. And then, you know, there'll usually be some other types of foods. My my family, my dad's side of the family has a huge Thanksgiving every year. It's been going on for a long time. Here and there, we've missed it. But for my entire life, the the Slay family has been getting together for Thanksgiving. And I mean, Hannah went with me for the first time and her family really gets together too. You know, they have a different Thanksgiving in Canada, but her family really gets together too. But when she came down with me to Alabama for the first time to one of my Thanksgivings, she was blown away by how much food there was. I mean... I mean, there is just so much. Sweet potato casserole, green bean casserole. I mean, I can't even name all the dishes. Obviously, there's ham and stuff like that. I don't really get into that anymore. But I do love, I love white meat turkey. I love dark meat turkey. I love baked turkey. I love roasted turkey. I love deep fried turkey. And then once we're done, uh, there's always banana pudding for everyone. And that's a delicious treat. But they also have lots of other desserts. And my Aunt Cat also always brings me these tea cakes. Uh, once you're I don't know what to tell. I mean, they're cookies, but nobody I've never seen anybody with a cookie like this, and they're unbelievable. Every time I go see Aunt Cat, she has tea cakes for me. And my goodness, they're good. I mean, my grand my aunt is a uh a good bit older than, than my dad. My, my dad's the youngest of his family. So my aunt is 90 in her nineties. Um, so that's like almost like the closest thing to a grandmother I've had. And we've not been close my whole life, but, uh, lately when I go see her, she always got me some tea cakes and it's a real joy to see it because that's the closest that I've had to a grandparent experience where you show up at an older person's house and they're like real happy to see you my one grandfather died in 1966, uh, my, and his wife, my grandmother, had Alzheimer's from the time that I was very young, I remember her briefly, and, and then my other grandfather died when I was really young, uh, and I remember him, but barely, and then my other grandmother is the grandma that I talk about seeing her boobs, um, in a joke that I have, it's on YouTube, and, um, We actually had some really good times. I always talk about her being mean. We had some really good times, but she was not the nicest lady. You know what I mean? Like, she just was, you know, old. And I don't think she lost one husband in a war. And then her second husband, you know, died early when he was 65. And I just think she was like, she's like, I've been poor my whole life. My husbands keep dying. And. I don't know, but, so I never had that real kind of grandparent experience where you show up, and, like, there's an old, you know, and also being divorced, uh, being from a divorced family, it's like, you watch Christmas movies, and you see kids showing up to Christmas at their grandparents' house with both of their parents, and, like, their aunts and uncles, and they're all gathered there with the grandparents, and you're like, whoa, that's amazing, Uh, and I've never had that, but, I do have uh, lots of great family, so this is not a a "woe is me" moment. I'm I'm just explaining it to you um, that um, I look forward to seeing my family on Thanksgiving. I because you know I, I a lot of them I only see see on Thanksgiving. I see them once a year. I look forward to that, as I'm sure a lot of other people do. And so when our government overlords come in and tell us that we can't visit our relatives. I mean, I think that's time for some action. I mean, how long can we be locked down, right? This is my latest thought, right? First off, this whole thing started with two weeks to slow the spread. That was in March, right? We were in March we were gonna we were gonna shut down for two weeks to slow the spread. And here we are in November. So All right, so we shut down the one time, right? And then for about two months, we were shut down. And then around May, some places started to open up. I started to go to some different cities. Some of these places started to open up. Then we were open for roughly a month and a half, two months. And then everybody's like, oh, the cases are surging. Let's shut back down. And then the second shutdown that's when they really started forcing the mask on people, right? Because during the first shutdown, I would go to the grocery store, and in the early days, I was a little terrified of the, of the virus, so I would, um, I would wear the mask. And I would go to the grocery store, and all the people working at the grocery store wouldn't be wearing the mask. And then during the second shutdown, when they started forcing it on people, I went to the grocery store without a mask, and all of the staff had them on. Now, granted, I wear the mask more than I let on at times, and then I, maybe I wear it less. But the point is, more people in the second lockdown were wearing masks. More people. So then we opened back up. More people are wearing masks. More people than I've ever seen before. When I was in Columbus, Ohio, we were out on the streets, on the outside. Everybody was wearing a mask. And then I walked by a gym And I saw, I don't know, about 10 people playing full court basketball, no mask, sweating on each other. So, you know, that's allowed, but not you can't walk through the grocery store without a mask. Um, But now that we have surging cases again, my thought is we got to ask ourselves, you know, if the the spread is not being slowed by mask, by uh, shutdowns, Then, and then every time we open, we have a surge of cases. Uh, To me, it just says we got to, you know, we got to live with that. We got to deal with it. It's like, it's like people think when you say something like that, that you're meaning, oh, I don't care about the people that die. It's like, no, I do. It's like, but what else are you going to do? It's like, I read something like 300,000 families. I don't know if they can tell if it's families or individuals, but 300, they're close to 300,000. Forward of address forms have been filled out from New York to other parts of the country. Like 300,000 people have left New York City. I mean, people keep flooding into Nashville. People from all over, all all kinds of celebrities and whatnot. I mean, uh, people are leaving the big cities. And it's like, and, and, and it's because why would you pay so much money to live in New York if you can't go to the great restaurants and you can't go out to the great comedy shows and the great... Music venues. If you can't do those things, why live there and pay that money? So I'm just saying, I was just in St. Louis. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been.
0: Where they going. Where where they been. Where we're going, where we've been.
2: And I had a great time in St. Louis. I did a show on Thursday night, light turnout, but they were into the show. Fans of mine, people who found me off TikTok in various places. And I appreciated them coming. And I was very excited about the show. That night I went into my room. I had some weird stomach pains. I've, I've been, you know, eating. I've been trying to switch up the diet a bit. And I was not feeling good. So, but on Thursday night after the show, the um, they they people at the club seemed pretty depressed. And they were like, well, we just found out that our government is going to be shutting us down here in St. Louis again on Tuesday for, like, a month. And so people were pretty sad. And so then Friday I go in, and I have this great joke, and I start telling this joke. This is the joke I say. I say, ah, I heard you're about to get shut down. Uh, That's super sad. I hate to hear it. But I love how the government is, like... Hey, listen, guys, the virus is getting really bad. We're going to have to shut the city down. But you know what? Go ahead. Take the weekend. (laughs) You know, take the weekend. Go out. Have a good time. I want to give you Monday because I know you like to go to work on Monday. Everybody loves a Monday. So go in on Monday and then, you know, Tuesday will shut down. Right. So just more uh, stuff that doesn't make any sense. Uh, But. Uh, I had a great time in St. Louis. Uh, the shows were fun. We did six shows. And uh, I got to see my old friend, oh, I want to tell this story. I don't know if he would I know he's a listener of the podcast. I don't know if he would care for this story, but I'm gonna tell it anyway. My friend Marshall came to see me. Now Marshall is grew up in Springfield, Illinois, but we met in Charleston, South Carolina. I was working at Hymans, and one day Marshall showed up as a manager at hyman's he tells me that he was just looking for a serving job and they said do you want to be a manager and he said looking back i wish i'd known what i know now i would have said no i just want to be a server but he took the management job and then me and marshall and my friend mike who i've talked about several times on here uh my alcoholic friend that i used to get wasted with and we couldn't embarrass each other we used to hang out with marshall I lived on Fowley Beach. Marshall was, uh, I think he got himself into a bit of trouble when he was living in Charleston. But one time, he told me this story. We all used to, I lived on Fowley Beach during that time. And we used to all, all the Hyman's folk used to go down to the beach on Sundays. We had Sunday fun day out on the beach. And we'd go out there, we'd bury a keg. You know, We, me and Mike took a grill out there one time and tried to grill up some burgers on the beach. I mean, we were getting into it. And, you know, we'd all go swim out there. Whenever we needed to pee, we'd go out into the ocean and pee, and that's what we'd always do. And Marshall said to me one day, he said, do you remember when I almost drowned? And I was like, no. He said, yeah, no one knows. He said because he went out. He he said he's from Springfield, right? He didn't grow up around the ocean. And I've been going to the ocean my whole life. You know, swimming is, I mean, I grew up swimming. Swimming, I'm probably the best at swimming than I am anything. People don't know that about me. I'm a hell of a swimmer. And... Um, So Marshall went out into the ocean and he said, I was just swimming, you know, and he's like, next thing I know, I was real far out into the ocean. And then he said, I thought I saw what was a shark. He's like, it might've been a dolphin. I don't know. But he's like, I thought it was a shark and I swam away from it. And then he said, when I swam away from it, I noticed that I was way out. And he said, then I got caught in the current. And he said, all I knew, all I had ever heard was that if you get caught in the current, go with the current. And he said he went like about a mile and a half down the beach. He said it took him about an hour to walk back. And he said when he got back, no one even noticed he was gone. (laughs) And it seems so selfish when you tell that story like that. But there was a lot of us out there. And all we were interested in doing was getting drunk, smoking cigarettes, and, you know, eating stuff. That's all we were interested in doing. We did. We were playing horseshoes, bocce ball. We didn't care. I mean, people came and went. For all we knew, Marshall met a girl and disappeared for a while. We didn't know. So... Man, one time i lived the house that lived across from me on folly beach folly beach used to have all these hand-painted signs and they would say it would be warnings to traffic it would say relax slow down it's folly you know just being like hey dude chill and folly beach has a real hippie vibe i don't know what it's like these days but back when i was there i was living there in like 2004 and 5 and maybe five and six and it was super chill man i mean it was the best there was very few bars very few restaurants uh but the ones that were there were great and cool and fun and i really loved my time on folly beach i wish i was less of an alcoholic while i was there i could have enjoyed it more but what what do you do and um i just really enjoyed it while i was there i was about a block i was about two blocks from the beach a block from the main street of town and uh you know i had a cool house we had a grill screened in porch uh you know outside shower just everything it was just the best me and my friend joey tomlinson lived there and um uh we had some wild times wild times (laughs) but uh So anyway, so Marshall one day stole the sign from my neighbor. He showed me that it was in his trunk, and I made him put it back. I was like, come on, dude. You can't steal the sign. That's my neighbor. I like looking at that sign. That sign might as well be my sign. I like looking at it. Turns out that was uh, a girl that I know named Lauren Heckle. That's her mom. That was her, her, her mom's house that Marshall tried to steal that from. I forget Lauren's uh, maiden name, but she's married to uh, my friend Tim Heckle. Uh, and they have a, uh, a family now. So, um, But Marshall came, and Marshall had come to see me uh, about two years ago. I was with Connor Larson in Peoria, Illinois. This was the the trip where, uh, where we forgot our keys and had to go back and get our keys. Um, and this was one of my first gigs that i got with my new agency i had never had an agency before and this was one of the first gigs they got me and i had heard a lot about it it was the jukebox in peoria illinois i had heard a lot about it i think uh my wife hannah had opened for jimmy pardo there and she had good things to say about it and i was very excited about it i was like this is great i was like i've been working the road booking my own gigs having some help booking some gigs but never a real agent and this is exciting. And I get there, and on the first night, it's cold, it's snowy. There's about uh, four people, no, six people in the audience. And I look down a partway through my show of six people in the audience, and there I see my friend Marshall, who I hadn't seen in about 10 years. I hadn't seen this guy in 10 years. He, find, he's, he, he saw me in the early days of comedy. I mean, he saw me when I was wearing overalls and no shoes on stage. He told me he almost fought a guy for heckling me one night. Um and uh so now he's come back to see me. All these years later, I'm I'm now very famous. I'm on I'm on the Tonight Show. I'm on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm, you know, look at me and there's six people in the audience. But I got to see him. I got to hang with him. It was awesome. And then after the show in Peoria, we went out, and there was apparently a fire, like some kind of uh, uh, ground beef plant had caught on fire and was roasting. So we stood out in and watched the snow come down while the place burned. And then, you know, the rest of the show, weekend was fine. But so Marshall was back. He got to come see me. He came to a late night on Saturday in St. Louis, one of the more packed shows of the weekend, uh it was it was packed it was fun it was a great time and then we hung out after um and and it was great to hang with him he he has his girlfriend there and a bunch of his because he lives back where he grew up so a lot of his friends that he grew up with were there too and his girlfriend comes out and calls him steve and marshall says dusty doesn't know me as steve and then his, his girlfriend's pretty drunk, and she calls him Steve a couple more times, and I'm thinking, okay, this is some kind of weird game that they play uh, where, you know, that's his nick- nickname is Steve. Turns out this is what happened. Marshall has been Steve his entire life. He grew up in Springfield, Illinois, as Steve. He said his both of his grandfathers... Their middle names were Marshall, and his middle name is Marshall. And he said he always wanted to be called Marshall. And he, he told people in Springfield to call him Marshall, and they all were like, no, we're not doing that. So when he moved to Charleston, he was like, this is my time to be Marshall. So he just told everyone that he was Marshall. So I'm hanging out at a party with a guy that I know by the name of Marshall, and everyone there is calling him Steve. But we had a great time it was great to see him i hope that you didn't feel like that story led you nowhere and and dropped you off because i enjoyed it i enjoyed telling it i worked with uh, comics uh, will o'donnell will o'donnell was who was with me most of the weekend uh, a lot of times it was two-man show um Uh, Two-man show, so he would would just be open, And then there was a guest spot, and then there was a guy hosting. uh, A guy named Ronaldo hosted on the first night, and we ended up hanging out at the end uh, on Sunday. And then um, uh, I forget the guy who hosted some of the other shows. He was funny. I wish I remembered his name. But when people are just popping in and there's a bunch of different people on the show, it's hard to remember names. Will O'Donnell, who was, was on every show, very funny guy. Uh, from St. Louis. I enjoyed him, former military guy, now does comedy. A lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, I didn't hang too much with anybody because it's cold and things are shut down, and it's like, I don't know what to do. And My stomach was not feeling great, so I was like, I'm not really going out to eat anywhere. Um, Also, um, big news, really big news. I've been following a guy on twitter now for quite a while named gary windmiller i recommend looking up gary windmiller if you're not following him go follow him uh his his handle on twitter is wind like the wind and miller like miller light and then gary win miller gary um and his bio is working man beer drinker indoor SIG smoker. I fix my own car. And there's a picture of him hanging out with some to-go food and then a Buick LeSabre. I met Gary this weekend. I've been following Gary for a while and I don't even know why, but I just thought his tweets were so funny. I mean, and I've been following him for a while. So if you want a good fun follow, go ahead and follow him. It's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to reveal any of the secrets of Gary Windmiller. But, uh, yeah, go give that a follow. Also, update, I want to give everybody a shout-out and thank you for following Legendary MOF. He's now up to 85 followers. Now, considering that from the time I saw it to the time I told you to go follow, or, 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 or rather, ask you to go follow him, he was at 60. That number had not changed. So I'm going to credit myself and my podcast listeners with giving him an extra 25 followers. Now one person um Thomas Morris 93 uh tagged me and said Dusty Slay we're having a good time and then Devil Horns uh I appreciate you doing that Thomas but uh yeah I don't I I was trying to kind of um secretly get legendary MOF followers. I didn't want him to know it was me pushing it. I I wanted him to believe that it was because he put the tags on the back of his truck. But the reality is, it is because he put the tags on the back of his truck. Because he put his Instagram handle back there, I saw it, now I'm telling you. So his marketing, he is paying off. Now I followed him and he did not follow me back i thought a man, i thought for sure a guy with 85 followers would follow a verified person back you know i'm verified meaning i'm you know i'm very famous and uh he did not give me a follow back so that's offensive but to be fair it seems he's following mostly women so i mean you know but if you if you if, if you don't know about that maybe you didn't listen to the podcast last week but uh his handle is a legendary mof and i saw him while i was you know driving down the road um coming back from the grove last week and um and i saw him he had a on the back of his truck it had adhd in the same way that acdc writes their name so so sorry i burped into the microphone and I, I wish that i had not done that but i'm probably not gonna edit it out i'll be honest with you i feel good i mean i'm excited to be here i did write down some stuff to talk about but you know i mean mainly there's just there's a lot going on uh, uh zany's is doing monday nights at the oh and i i didn't finish where i'm going i was in st louis I had a great time there wonderful time. um I hung out at the club on Sunday night, had a cigar inside the club. They let me do that. I don't know if they want me to tell people that, but hung out with uh, Will O'Donnell, Ronaldo, some of the comics, some of the um, employees of the club. We just hung out, talked, laughed. It was a great time. I don't do that enough uh, because a lot of times you can never smoke anywhere inside anymore, And uh, but just a great, great time, great club. Um, you know, I had a rough show, one rough show, the Friday late show was pretty rough. The audience was just, they weren't into what I was doing, but they also weren't paying attention, right? So I just kept thinking, you know, I would, I would hit them with a big joke. It would get a huge laugh. And then the next thing you know, they're not laughing anymore. And I'm like, well, that's because you're not paying attention. Get on board. Get on board. I wrote this down. People act like, and then it started to get serious this was supposed to be a joke, people act like they have no control over how they act, right? You know what I mean? People used to say stuff like, hey, that's just how I am, or I'm just that kind of person, right? And then everyone was, like, talking about their astrological signs, and they'd be like, hey, man, you know, I'm a Taurus, so that's what I do. That's, that's the stars, man. You know, you can't mess with that. That's who I am. And now everybody's taking these like enneagram tests i got some friends that have taken those my wife took it actually i took one too but i don't remember it but everybody's like taking these enneagram personality tests and they're like hey i'm a type one everybody knows uh, <laughs> you know i'm a type one so they get sp- very so it's like everyone is so specific about who they are that they're like this is who i am i can't change it and i feel like this is where it got serious I feel like we we've, we've learned we we quote unquote know so much about ourselves that we don't even know who we can become. Right? We like we act like we have no ability to change. We're like this is how this is how it is for me. This is how I am. This is how I'm always going to be. And uh, you can change. Some people say you can't change. I think you can change uh, uh, at least slightly. Oh, and my friends from uh, the Grove reached back out to me. And, um, oh, uh, yeah, Chris and Nikki Lee from Memphis. Uh, I met them in the Grove, and I appreciate you guys reaching out to me. Thank you for responding. They're great. They were a great time. They drove up from Memphis to the Grove to come see me. Uh, means a lot. I may be getting a gig in Memphis soon. I don't know yet. Gonna, I got to figure out the routing and see if it works for me. But, um, but um, I'm happy to hear back from them. And I thought I took notes of stuff to talk about, but let's see what we got. I got all kind of things to talk about, but um, I talked about the fireman last week. Oh, yeah. Well, I wrote this down. I don't know if people don't know this by now, but the news is lying to you. <laughs> I mean, it's just straight up lying to you all the time. So, don't watch the news. Any of the mainstream news, just turn it off. You would, in my opinion, you would be better to be ignorant of the world than to live in the perpetual unhappiness that the news wants us to be in. I mean all of them. I'm not picking sides. All of the news is bad and sad. Um, I mean, every time there's an expert on, I'm like, well, this guy's lying. And um, But this weekend coming up, I will not be going anywhere. I'm off this weekend, and that feels great. Nothing got canceled. I just had this week planned to be off, and then next week is Thanksgiving. So I will be at Mon- uh, Zaney's on Monday nights in November, probably every Monday in November, which may only be two more. Um, and I hope the show continues into December. But they're doing what used to be called Mystery Mondays. But now it's been changed to New Material Mondays. But it's basically an open mic for working comics. Um, and so it'll be an open mic, but it should be a bit better quality than, than the average open mic. And, you know, the first night that they had it, comics like Theo Vaughn, Josh Wolf, Kevin Shea... Um, uh Reno Collier, Monty Mitchell, they were all there. And then uh Renard Hirsch. And then this past week there was like Mike James, um, and uh Theo Vaughn again, Nate Bergazzi, uh Kate Quigley. So, I mean, we're getting there's a lot of big name comics in town, and they're doing these shows. And so if you don't have anything to do on Mondays, I don't know what the ticket price is, but I don't think it's very much. You're not going to get these comics' best jokes. You're going to get the new jokes that they're working on, but I think it's worth it just to tune in and and see what's going on. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I think I'd like to play play some kind of song. I haven't played any music in a while. I'd like to play a song and uh, and just talk about it. I think that's a lot of fun. I've been listening to some stuff. And getting into some stuff. Let's go to Dusty Slay's Country Radio. And I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna do random. I'm gonna hit I'm gonna hit it and see what it plays us. Well, this is Joe Diffie, pickup man.
3: Well, I got my first truck. When I was three, drove a 100,000 miles on my knees Hauled marbles and rocks and thought twice before I hauled a Barbie doll bed for the girl next door She tried to pay me with a kiss and I began to understand There's something women like about a pick of man When I turned 16, I saved a few hundred bucks my first car was a pickup truck i was cruising the town and the first girl i see was bobby Joel gentry the homecoming queen she flagged me down and climbed up in the cab and said i never knew you were a pickup man
2: okay now this oh, let's play the chorus here
3: and roll it down a hill.
2: All right. So, first off, Joe Diffie is great. He died this year. Very sad. One of the many, many country singers that died this year. It's been a sad year for country music. But, um, Joe Diffie, I want to talk about this song because Joe Diffie is implying that women love a man that drives a truck. And coming from a man that's almost never had a truck. I think this is true. And I'll tell you, I mean, I've gone through the brief history or the long history of the amount of cars I've had. I've done that on other podcasts before, but my first car was a Bronco 2, a 1984 red Bronco 2. It had a weird starter. It had some rigged up motor in there where they said it was a Mustang motor inside a Bronco, which did not mean it was powerful because it was not. But where the starter had to go in, it was messed up. So it would go every time that you cranked it up. It was an awful, awful sound. And I was humiliated every time. We had a lot of fun in that Bronco, but it was not really a chick magnet, as you say. But after that car... When I got rid of that car, that lasted for about a year, and then I got rid of that car, and I got a full-size Bronco, a white Ford Bronco, 1989. And I got to tell you, that was a bit of a chick magnet. I mean, women wanted to ride in that thing. They They wanted to talk to me while I was in it. I mean, it was... It was a big hit, even though that thing was raggedy. It was a big hit. I mean, I was really doing well. Now, I say doing well. I mean, you know, once women came up and talked to me, I didn't know what to do, you know. uh, I was still too young and didn't have any sense. So I didn't know what to do, but they would come up and talk to me. I remember a girl that I worked with at Western Sizzling. She wanted to go for a ride with me one time after work. And uh, I'm thinking she was probably a pretty loose girl. Not just because she worked at Western Citizen. There were some other signs. And uh, she wanted to go for a ride uh, with me after work. And I remember, like, when I got ready to go, I didn't see her. And I was like, well, all right, I'm out of here. And then um, she saw me later. And she's like, what happened to you the night? I came out looking for her, and you were gone. And it was like, that was another failing on my part. Failing, but also looking back, probably the best thing that could have happened. I mean, I could have got a girl that I worked with at Western Sizzling pregnant and be living in a trailer as a manager of Western Sizzling. Not that that's a bad job. If that's your job, great. But that is not the job for me. That could be, that could have been the direction my life went in had I took that girl out for a ride that night. Or who knows? Just could have been a great time. (laughs) But, okay. So the point is that 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 Bronco kept breaking down. It kept, it kept, I had a radiator problem every time i would drive it somewhere and then i would stop the radiator would just spew out all the water it would be so hot i would have to carry a jug of water around with me just to pour it back in the truck all the time and uh so my dad one day i was working at jim bob's jim bob's chicken fingers i talk about that a little bit now i was working as a sauce guy working my way up to dishwasher and uh i say that but that's not true i was a dishwasher too and um I was the tea maker, I was the sauce maker, I was the coleslaw maker. Every once in a while, they'd let me run the grill, and or I'd get to fry up some chicken once in a while. I was working my way up. and um, the um, So I was working there one night, and my dad, who was always having to fix my Bronco, was tired of fixing it. So he's like, I'm going to trade it in and get you something else. So I drove into Jim Bob's with a full-size Bronco, chick magnet. I mean, the ladies loved it. And I left work that night in a four-door, a 1999 four-door Saturn Pooh Bear edition, gray bumpers. I mean, that thing couldn't be less of a chick magnet. I mean, my friends didn't even want to ride in that thing. But that car, fast forward, I got that car probably in 99 or 2000. That car would later be the car that I would flip in a marsh in Charleston and land on the roof of the car and be totally fine. So I think it was a safe ride, but they really got rid of the Saturn, so you don't you don't see much out of them anymore. Every once in a while, I'll spot one, and I get real excited. It had no power steering. That's why I have the upper body strength I have now, I think, during those days. We used to take that car for quite a spin. I remember me and my friend Costa... We were, you know, we were doing some stuff. I can't, I don't want to get too loose with what we were doing, but we were partying and we had, we were driving that car all around town, around daylight and Opelika. We're just driving that. There's no other cars on the road. We're just driving around like maniacs. I remember getting out, I remember we had snuck these girls out and we were taking them home. And uh, we were, like, messed up. The girls were not. The girls were like, we're just ready to go home. And uh, I was driving the car, and then I just stopped in the middle of the road. I got out, and I sat on the windshield. And then Costa started driving, and he just drove with me uh, on the windshield for a while. It was a blast. And um, what a blast. And so, um, so, yeah, I mean uh joe diffie talks about pickup man and i agree with him i mean i couldn't agree more honestly that uh women love a man in a truck and uh, my wife wants me to get a truck now and i want to get a truck but trucks are like like fifty thousand dollars now i'm like what what's happening here who's who's got the money to drive these trucks I'm gonna I'm gonna switch around to some songs. Oh, this is a guy named Whitey Morgan. I'm a big fan of this guy. Give this a listen. Big fan of Whitey Morgan. This is gonna be real country. So, uh, this is Whitey Morgan in the 78s called Honky Tonks and Cheap Hotels. This album is great. I really enjoy the album. And, um, oh, here's a good one. I'm going to tell you this. Um, I feel like I'm getting more honest on the podcast than I need to get. But, you know what? I'm just telling stuff. So, if you're listening and you don't like the stories that I'm telling, just, it's not true. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, if you hear something, you're like, I can't believe Dusty was doing that. Then I wasn't. Don't believe it. This is a story somebody told me, and I'm relaying it. But my life is on track now. I feel good, I'm, I, I, you know, and I'm not doing the things that I used to do. But, you know, high school and, and thereafter for the next uh, t- 10 years after high school, I mean, I was wild. I was living it up. So I used to have a lot of parties at my mom's house, you know. My mom was gone a lot when I was in, you know, she had a job and her mom was sick and she would stay with her mom a lot and she had a new boyfriend, right? So she had a lot going on. She was gone a lot. She knew I was, you know, an independent, a strong independent boy. And once I got my driver's license, I really was out a lot. I was out. I was, I, I wasn't always partying, but I was out. I was hanging out. I was enjoying my life. And so... She knew it wasn't a big deal, but slowly me and my friends started to party. I remember I remember the first real party started with like my friends like Kenny Vickers, Justin Nelson, Joey Vickers, Paul Clearman, Chris Clearman, John Sullivan, a lot of names of people that they probably don't want me uh, telling you that, but it doesn't matter, and uh, Brad Perkovich, and those guys got me drunk for the first time, and then I got caught. Uh, and uh got caught got in trouble but one night the party really started we got i ended up getting i think i got a guy that used to work with me at western sizzling to buy me a couple of bottles of liquor i think we had everclear that's what we used to buy all the time because we didn't know what we were doing and then some type of uh avalanche or some type of minty gold sloggerish, some type of liquor with a weird taste to it you know and my friend John had never been drunk, and he he's like me and John were were you know, and John is a good man, a good family man now, and uh, he was always a good good guy, honestly. But he's he's a good family man now, and but he, we were drinking and we were slamming, so we were slamming back these things, whatever it is, um, gold come I feel like it was some kind of mint thing. I feel like it was called Avalanche, but I don't know. And John was a strong dude, a strong a sports sports athlete and uh called him animal. And uh he just started slamming him back. And he, he had taken quite a few. And we were going shot for shot. I mean, I had been drunk like maybe two times at this point and I felt like I was an old pro. And uh little did I know how much I would end up being drunk in my life. Um But he was like, this is not even affecting me. And it didn't seem to be affecting him. And then it did. Wow. And he got emotional. And he was running around. He was chasing us. He was trying to fight us. He was sad. He was happy. He was mad. He broke a vase that was my mom's, like, grandfather's. And we had to uh, glue it back together. And we did glue it back together. And she didn't find it for a long time but she did eventually find it and what a wild time so that started the part i mean like he got emotional and then another guy rj he was dating a girl who lived somewhere nearby and they had just broken up and he was trying to walk to her house and and talk to her while he was wasted i remember i spraying him with the water hose i mean it was a wild time so that started and then the parties kept growing they kept growing and then uh, more and more people would come and then other things started to get introduced into the party and then a lot of people were smoking weed at the at the party and they would roll joints and blunts and things like that and people would just be smoking them all over and then in the mornings I would wake up and I would gather up all the roaches and I would roll a little jay and I would f- try to find someone to smoke with and back then you know I don't even think we had any cell phones So you could call somebody on their home phone, you know, and hope they were home, but I would just usually cruise by a friend's house, and I went by a different friend's house, and he had a guy there, living there, named John, a different John, and John had just broken up with a girl, or a girl had just broken up with John, and John was sad, he was very sad, he was living in a basement apartment of my friend's house, he was sad, and... I love country music. Everybody knows that. I've always loved country. And John was so sad that I guess he had been singing this song. So we smoked this J of of, uh, roach Wheat. And then we went into the apartment and he played guitar. And me and John sang this song together just alone in the basement while he played it. And it's one of my favorite memories. I'll play a little bit of it right here. Such a good song. Especially if you're dealing with a breakup.
3: I don't know how I'll get her off my mind But give me time And I'll
2: think of something I love this song so much.
3: I can't say today that I'm
1: all right But by tonight I'll think of something I'll find so many things to do That I won't have the time To think of her And then if she's still on my mind I'll try to drink enough To drown her
3: And if that don't work I'll think
2: of something And we sang this whole song, and uh, that is such a good one. And and I mean, I feel like the song was probably pretty new at the time. But yeah, I mean, we used to do a lot of stuff like that. And um, that basement... That my friend had. He had a lot of different people living in there. I remember he had his uncle living in there one time named Farron. And Farron was a real alcoholic painter. And we were um, playing basketball down there next to the apartment one time. And Farron wanted to come out and play. And, like, Farron was so bad off that, like, you couldn't even pass him the ball. If you passed him the ball, he couldn't catch it. I don't know if he was drunk or if his motor skills were just off from being drunk, but he could not catch it. You would have to hand him the ball. And he always, I guess he didn't have a lot of money, so he was always trying to drink. So he would have uh, have us run to the store and pick him up some Mad Dog 2020. And I don't know if you know what that is, but that seems gross. I remember once I had uh, – i want i had an eyebrow ring for a little while i was that guy for a little while and uh i had been into the song uh gin and juice i had been listening to that by snoop dogg i was a big fan of gin and juice and so i had never really drank gin so we were lying all right so we're gonna drink we're gonna buy some gin tonight we're gonna have gin and grapefruit juice and that's what we were drinking and we were drinking it at this same house we were partying it was a good time and drinking gin and juice all night, just talking about drinking gin and juice. You know, you know, you talk about it, you're doing it, and and uh, uh, it calls to mind another time I was hanging out with a friend at a party, and we were doing stuff, and um, it was late, late in the evening, and I come up on him, and he's got a a, a rocks glass. With a little bit of cough syrup in there, and maybe some liquor—I don't know—and he goes sipping sip on some scissor. <laughs> and, <laughs> Oh gosh! So I'm at this party. I'm drinking gin and juice, and then I get real, real drunk, and I and I lose my eyebrow ring somehow in the night. I'm wearing a toboggan and an eyebrow ring, and I lose it at some point in the night. And I remember girls that I went to school with, when they would lose an earring or they weren't allowed to wear earrings or whatever, they would put a little broomstick straw in their ear. So I put like this about a six inch piece of broomstick in my eyebrow when I went to bed that night. And I woke up and the broomstick was gone and I had blood all down my face. So I wasn't always making the best decisions. Here's another Whitey Morgan song um, that I like a lot. This is off a different album. I think it's just self-titled Whitey Morgan and the 78s. This is a very good one.
1: Last night I wrote some songs with a friend of mine Say he's a legend In my mind He said boy I can feel your Pain through your whiskey mind But there's more To writing songs than Rhyming lines He said Memories cost a lot When you don't make them Well when you lose Your family son you never Really can replace it. And that's good for writing songs if your heart can take. It. Some memories cost a lot when you don't make them.
2: That's a great song, too. Um. What a great song. Whitey Morgan is really great. Um let's see, I was writing a couple of jokes. I talked I talked about this a little bit. I wrote Uh, One time I rented a car and every time I would run off the road a little bit, it would beep at me. And then like if I ran off like three times, it would flash up a little uh, coffee emblem and, and it would say, consider taking a break. And my joke that I've been trying to write is if I took a break every time I ran off the road, I'd never get to where I'm going. And that's not funny. And I understand why it's not funny because you kind of see that coming. But I don't know how to make it funny, but it it just is true. It's like I can imagine the kind of person that runs off the road like maybe one time and then they get that ding and they're like, oh, okay, okay, I better get it together, right? But I run off the road constantly. Like I don't think that I'm a bad driver, but you know, I'm not always paying attention the way that I need to pay attention. I go on these long road trips and I get tired and I'm doing other things and I get bored and I, I get it. I know that's not safe, but I just, uh, those cars are not ready for a driver like me. You know what I mean? Like, well, I need to be able to turn that setting off, but I need to figure out how to make that funny. I rented a car one time and i took out the insurance on the car which meant that if i totaled the car it was fine i was covered but they were like you can't smoke in the car or it'll be 500 but i wanted to smoke in there so i smoked in there and then i just wrecked it <laughs> that's not true but i'm gonna start telling that joke I remember I, we, I came up with that joke, and my friend Mark Schl- Schlacka, Schlacka, Uh we agreed that he could have it. But Mark, I don't think, does stand up anymore, so I'll take it back. That was years ago. That's worth it. That's a worth it kind of jo- joke. Uh, I want to be able to switch from song to song here without it beginning to play. I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, here's a great Kenny Rogers song. I want to play it, and then I'm going to talk about this a little bit.
0: bar in toledo across from the depot on a bar stool she took off her rain. i thought i'd get closer so i walked on over i sat down and asked her her name
2: okay so kenny rogers is hanging out in a bar in toledo ohio across from the train depot and he looks over and he sees a woman taken off her wedding ring and he goes this looks like something i could get into so i'm gonna creep on over and i'm gonna ask her name because she's taken off her rings which means this is single this lady is single she's single if i've ever seen single
0: when the drinks finally hit her she said i'm no quitter but i finally quit living on dreams
2: okay so she i guess she didn't talk for a while she might have said her name but he had bought her a couple of drinks and then they hit her and she goes listen i'm 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 not a quitter i I, i'm not trying to quit this relationship but i'm tired of living the way that i'm living
0: i'm hungry for laughter and here ever after i'm after whatever the other
2: kenny rogers is like this is perfect for me because i am the other life i am the first to get in on this action after she's moving on to a new way of life he's like i'm at the right place the right time this is working out perfect for me we could probably get on a train and just get right out of town
0: in the mirror i saw him and i closely watched him thought how he looked out of place
2: <laughs> He's like, uh-oh, this is trouble. He
0: came to the woman who sat there beside me. He had a strange look on his face. The big hands were calloused. He looked like a mountain. For a minute, I thought I was dead.
2: He's like, I got messed up. I done messed up. I'm out here in Toledo, Ohio. A mountain man has done showed up in this bar. I've been getting his wife drunk, trying to take advantage of this vulnerable situation, and he is on it.
0: But he started shaking. His big heart was breaking. He turned to the woman and said, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. Four hungry children and a crop in the field. I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times. But this time you're hurting, won't heal. You picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy.
2: I just picture Kenny Rogers being like, You got four kids? Dang. <laughs> so this woman is just left this man. They have four kids, hungry kids, and a crop in the field. And he's like, "I need your help," and you're leaving me right now. And he's sad. He's crying. So you know well, what's Kenny Rogers going to do right here? Kenny Rogers is probably going to go. He's going to wise up, and he's going to go, "Hey, you know what? Just what you should probably do is go back to your husband, and you know, and and live your life out." Well, let's let's find out what Kenny. Let's find out what Kenny does though.
0: Us. I ordered more whiskey. I thought how she'd made him look small.
2: <laughs> he's like, all right, well, he's out of here. Wow, you're a powerful woman. You really, you really put that big man down. Let's get some more shots out here.
0: From the lights of the bar room to a rented hotel room. We walked without talking at all.
2: He's like, who needs to talk? You want to go to a hotel room? I don't need to talk. Let's get out of here.
0: She was a beauty. but When she came to me, she must have thought I'd lost my mind. You got four kids, lady. I couldn't hold her. The words that he told her kept coming back time after time. He picked a fine time to leave me, Lucy. With four hungry children and a crop in the field. I've had some bad times, lived through some sad times. I
2: always wanted... Now, I've always said, I think I will write the verse and then try to get someone to play it. I've always wanted there to be a third verse to that song because that's where it ends. Kenny Rogers is sitting in a bar. He sees a woman taking off her rings. He starts hitting on her. Her husband shows up. And then he's like, let's get out of here. Let's go to a hotel. And then they get to the hotel and he's like, you know what? I can't do it. I keep hearing your husband's voice and I can't do it. I want a version. I want to hear the third verse. What happens next? Does he leave... Or does he go, you know what, after all, here we are. I want to know what happens. But, hey, this has been a a, a, a mixed bag podcast. Um, yes. I hope it's been enjoyable to you. Uh, I always enjoy doing this. I always enjoy talking. Um, and um, happy to be here. Next week is uh, Thanksgiving, but I should have another podcast out before before Thanksgiving next week and I'll come back with more hot, hot takes on how good Thanksgiving is. Maybe we uh, uh, will have Hannah back on the podcast to really talk about my family's Thanksgiving and what it's like. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening, and we're having a good time.